Oren B. Oren? No, that's right, it's just me. Hey, g'day, it's Andy here. Uh, this is a Best Of Tradio episode. We take a look at some of the best bits from episode 10 through to episode 19. If you just joined us on Tradio, thank you so much. We really recommend that you go back to episode 1 and have a wee listen. And I might just let you in on a little secret too. We've got two beer coolers to give away thanks to husky.co.nz. Stay tuned to this podcast and we'll give you all the information you need to know because on July the 1st this year, 2022, you could be a big winner. So let's get into it. Two, three, four, five. Down the tools. Up the mic. A training guy. A radio guy. Two best mates chatting on the fly. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same. We'll yarn about anything, it's all fair game One hits nails, and one nails hits We'll review good beers, and just shoot this sh- We're R&B, and Andy G And this is Tradio, Tradio Episode 20 It's a best of Andy here with you, hosting the best bits, as I said, from episode 10 through episode 19. Uh, quite a hard job finding it, because uh, even though Oren and I are relatively prepared uh, to do bits and pieces on this podcast, uh, sometimes we go on all sorts of random tangents and we get some really good stories. So some real gold. So I found it quite hard, because we had so many great bits, and uh, some we had to get rid of, because we don't want this thing to go on forever. Just listen to the previous episodes if you do want to hear more of it. But anyway, let's get on with it. Episode 20. We're starting with episode... Episode 10 right now, and uh, this wee yarn here was about me finding a long-lost device down an old couch. Story of the week for you, mate. Um, when we left Thames, when we left Thames to move to Christchurch uh, just over a year ago now, so that's gone quick, we sold our furniture, and uh, there was a girl called, a lady called Lisa that lived up the Thames coast, and she actually bought all of our couches. We had these nice floofy leather couches. And I remember those. Yeah, they they've been in our family for years and years and years, as far back as the UK, I think, as well. So we've had them for a couple of decades, but they're still really comfortable. Anyway, she bought them, and she's a friend of mine, so we you know we have contact. And she's also a firefighter as well. Anyway, I get a message from her last week, and it was a photograph of an iPhone um, with the screensaver on, and she said, "Is this yours?" I was like, well, no, I've never owned an iPhone. And I said, you, did you find that down the couch? She said, yeah, I did. I, we, my daughter found it down the couch. And I said, how does it still have power? And she said, well, my daughter actually charged it because she's got an iPhone. So that makes sense. So the photo of this iPhone she sent me has got like what looks like a logging machine on it, right? <laughs> and I thought, holy shit. It's a friend of mine from Rotorua. Chris, who you've met too, Oren, we went camping. Oh, yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah. I'm... It was around 2016 when him and his wife and his, his children came and stayed with us and we went camping. He lost his iPhone and we, <laughs> could, and we couldn't figure out where it was because I had to say to my wife, Dana, I said, look, Lisa's just sent me this message about this phone being down the couch. Do you know anyone who's lost a phone? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was Chris, wasn't it? Because he uh, lost it in 2016 when they were here and we couldn't find it anywhere. And sure enough, I, I put two and two together. Chris works in the logging industry. And I dropped him a line and said, bro, I think we found your phone. And he was pretty, he was pretty excited about that. But just, I mean, I 
I'm sure I'd search those couches inside and out before we got rid of them, you know, just to make sure there was nothing down there. That wasn't a camping trip we did with them. It might, might, it might have been, because that was about 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, when we went up to Coromandel. Yeah. So it would have been that, yeah. that, that, around that camping trip. Yeah, so he lost his phone. She found it, charged it up. Sure enough, it is Chris's. Uh, so um, we're actually going to a wedding in Taupo at the start of February. So we have to fly into Rotorua. So we'll quickly meet up with Chris and get his phone back to him. I mean, it's not used to it. It's not used to him now, but he's uh, intrigued to see what kind of photos and stuff it has on it because you know his, his kids would have been way younger back then, and yeah, he, uh, he's got lots of memories. So yeah, it'd be interesting because <laughs> he thought he thought it was gone forever. So did we. But yeah, found in our couch. Couldn't believe it when I got that message. I was, I was quite excited to reunite him with his phone. Oh, what are the chances though? Hey, of oh. finding it that, mate, it's just insane. You don't usually get shit back that goes missing like that, eh? No, especially when it comes to phones. (laughs) Yeah, especially when it comes to phones, you know. I've seen a couple smashed on the road lately. Yeah, they must people must get in their car or something and leave them sitting on the roof and drive off and they're (laughs) all over the road. Yeah, well, someone's gonna be pissed off when they get home. (laughs) Yeah. I've actually done that. I've done that with several things, eh? I've left um went to the DVD store when they were really still a thing many years ago and um put the DVDs on the roof of the car. And I got home and Shit, what do I do with the DVDs? And I realized I'd put them on the roof of the car to put Ashlyn when she was a youngster into her car seat. <laughs> um, so I had to so I had to put the bill for those. Yeah. Did you go back and try and find them? Oh, I did, mate, but someone must have seen them. They must have picked them up. Oh, they were never to be seen again. <laughs> so yeah, what what was like a couple of eight dollar overnight rentals turned into like a seventy dollar bill. <laughs> The best bits. So back in episode 10, we were talking a bit about camping and I shared some camping stories, which includes a nosy five-year-old, a hungry possum, a drunk granddad, a lost Fitbit, and a social media influencer walking an unusual animal on the beach for a photo opportunity. Uh, It was about 2.30 in the morning uh, on Monday morning. And obviously 2.30 in the morning, you're on a campsite. There's not a single noise anywhere. Anyway, Dana gets up to go to the toilet. Anyway, she goes and does her thing. And then uh, once she's come back to the um, tent, she screamed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A possum came darting out of our gazebo and had been uh, having a bit of a midnight feast in our our rubbish. (laughs) It didn't didn't do much damage. It mustn't have been in there for too long. But the thing is that Dana startled it, I think. And because it came darting out of our gazebo right in front of her, it made her scream at 2.30 in the morning. Whole you, remember campsite. <laughs> you remember we went up to Waikowell, we did our camping trip, and we yeah. and I caught that possum in like in the midst of pinching our bread. You remember yeah, that? That's right. I yeah. shone the torch out, and there was a possum like startled in the headlights of the lamp, just standing there eh, with the had all the bread in its hands. And it yeah. was like it was like, uh oh, I've been caught. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if I don't move, he can't see me. <laughs> but yeah, they're cheeky little bastards, eh? But luckily, yeah. this one hadn't done too much damage to the rubbish, so it was okay. It was quite funny when we when we got to the campsite and started setting up. This little must have been five year old girl. She must have been all of five, and she just came in and, "What are you doing?" You know, the ten the ten thousand questions started. So we're just answering all these questions for her. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Where's that going? And then she started she started going into our tents. And then we were like, do you want to just pop and play out, play outside? Okay. And she went into the gazebo and she sat down on our chairs. And then she hopped in our car and had a look around. 
Just made us up at home. Yeah. <laughs> and then started rifling through our food. Anyway, we were like, where's your parents? <laughs> oh, they're over there. Oh, I'm sure Good. they're looking. Go I'm sure. Them. I'm sure they're looking for you now. Yeah. Uh, that was an interesting start to the camp. This girl just, um, she just gravitated to us, mate. And I was like, shit. Imagine if I was as an adult went to someone's campsite and just started looking through all this shit. You should have done it today. Just go over and start <laughs> rummaging through their food. You got? You got any good food? <laughs> yeah. It's just like amazing what kids can get away with. The adults just can't. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the next day, this this. Uh, this sort of granddad looking guy um, walked past and he looked a lot like my grandfather, my late grandfather, Trevor, actually, which is why I sort of looked at him and thought, fuck, he looks a lot like my granddad. Anyway, it's just walking past and he's, we're relatively close to um, a line of trees where a caravans can park up. Anyway, this guy, he starts stumbling. I was just watching him carefully. I mean, this is like 7.30 at night. It, it may be even earlier. Maybe it was like 6.30 or something like that. But this dude was hammered. And, um, <laughs> and he started, you know, he started swaying. And he looked fine when he went past our tent. When he got a bit further away, he started walking in circles and losing his balance. And I was like, oh, keep an eye on him because, you know, if he falls over and... In. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. But if he falls over and hurts himself, well, we're going to have to go and sort him out. Anyway, he disappears behind some fir trees. You can still see him. He thinks he's completely covered, but he's gone into these fir trees to have a piss um, behind one of these caravan sites. Um, but anyway, he's in there for about five minutes, eh? and I'm like, Fuck, is he taking? I said to Dana, is he taking a shit? Do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> luckily, he wasn't. But he comes out six, seven minutes later, and yes, he's had a piss. But he's forgotten to pull his shorts down, <laughs> and he's he's absolutely soaked his shorts front to back. This dude is <laughs> obviously obviously thought he's you know got his old mate out and started doing the business, but he's left it in his shorts and he's absolutely fucking drenched now. And then he keeps so, walking. Well, was he an old bloke? He was an old bloke. He must have been in like mid sixties or something. Oh yeah. But he's had a big day on the piss by the looks of him. And it, it looked to me like as he was carrying a little toiletries bag, almost like he was heading for the toilet block to go and brush his teeth or something. <laughs> but this dude is just pissed all over himself. And I just thought, dude, it's not going to be should a... should have gone for a shower after that one. I think so. But just, dude, you are not going to have a nice day, to, nice day tomorrow, judging by the way you're acting at the moment. <laughs> um, for Christmas, Mia and Ashlyn, my two oldest daughters, <laughs> got a Fitbit each. You know, the little um, step count oh, watches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kids love counting their steps, and I think it's good for them because it does set goals and stuff like that and keeps them active and moving. Anyway, Mia went to the toilet and decided, oh, this is a good opportunity to take off my Fitbit. So she took it off and left it in the toilet. And she didn't realize until about half an hour later, oh, shit, I've left my Fitbit in the toilet on top of the toilet paper dispenser. So she runs back. Sure enough, it's gone, right? Yeah, And I was like, there's no way it's still going to be there, but go and have a look. So she runs to the toilet. No, it's gone. And she is in a fucking mood. She's got this big grey cloud <laughs> hanging over her head, as you would be. She's pretty pissed yeah. off. We're like, why would you take it off to go to the toilet? She goes, oh, I don't know. Anyway, we were going out to uh, go and have a walk around a local forest. So we drove out and stopped at the office on the way out, and someone's handed it in. So that was a, uh, that a, was nice, a, nice, a nice ending, yeah. Yep. I was like, shit. I mean, it's it's something that someone could easily keep, but no, so luckily a very honest person found it and handed it in. Yeah. So that was a, a nice. Still a, there's still a bit of honesty in the world, which is good. Yeah, it's a good thing. We'll and then, 
There's a couple more stories that goes with it. Um, we, <laughs> we're, better. Oh, we're, not, we're not far from the local beach, so, you know, I did a bit of boogie boarding and had a bit of fun on the beach. It was a brilliant beach, actually. I, I compare it to Whangamata Beach up in the Coromandel, actually. Um, really, really nice beach with decent waves. Anyway, we've had our fun just packing up to leave for the to go and have some dinner back at the campsite, and this girl comes along walking a rabbit. <laughs> She's walking her rabbit. Um, it's a little white, but well, a big fluffy, loppy and white thing, just Hello. casually walking it along the beach. And then, um, you know, this, she's got a little harness for it, you know, so, so I think you can walk rabbits. I think it's well, possible. Like a lead, a proper yeah. lead and everything on it. Yeah, well, you can get them from <laughs> pet stores, yeah, but I, the last thing you expect to see on the beach is the loppy-eared white rabbit uh, being walked. But anyway, this girl, she must have been like a an Instagram influencer or something because then suddenly this, this, this fella appears as well. And she puts a stick in the sand and then puts the end of the leash over it so the rabbit's kind of tethered to that one spot. The rabbit decides to lay down. And so this guy comes along and lays down next to the rabbit as if he's sunbathing. And then she starts taking all these videos and photos. And they were there for about 20 minutes, just taking photos and videos. And I thought, you know what, you do you. But it's a strange thing to see on a beach as a white rabbit. And to be fair, it was a hot, it's still bloody hot. So I hope she had some water for it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, it's like, fuck me, man. We were in it's actually for- really funny the things you do see on beaches. When we were at Cooks, I watched some yeah, some people do that. They eh? like went down the beach, you know, and they like it's just people are so wrapped up in a lot of social media stuff. Eh? They sort of lose yeah. touch of where they actually are. Like some people went down and were standing in the water with their feet in the water and they were holding their cell phone up and, you know, doing the big fake smile, taking selfies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Like, when they finish, they're like, oh, and they walk off and like, the whole mood changes, though. They've gone from this real happy person taking photos, and then all of a sudden they're like, ooh, and off they go up the beach mm. over the sand dunes and gone. It's yep. like I watched about three or four people do that eh, over the time <laughs> off the beach, and I was just like, what are you doing? Well, that's you the thing, though. And jump in and go for a swim. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's the thing with a lot of people on social media. People get depressed because they see their friends having a great time doing all this awesome stuff, whereas they've probably just gone for a photo opportunity and they haven't done any of that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... Yeah. Talking of that, I, I, I actually um, made a bit of a, a big effort to stay off social media through the camping trip. I did take a couple of photos in the end of the day and stick them on my Facebook page because I was excited because the local fire brigade turned up to soak the kids. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, ooh, fire truck! <laughs> the best bits! More from episode 10 and just how hot can the inside of your car get on a 30 degree day? Now, because I'm a volunteer firefighter, I grabbed the fire thermal imaging camera, let my car sit in the sun for quite a while, and then went back in there with the thermal imaging camera to see just how hot it really can get. All right, mate. Well, um, uh, I can see it's getting quite hot where you are. You are. Yeah, I'm sweating, mate. Your T-shirt's sweating. gone from grey to dark grey. So. <laughs> yep, it has. It's yeah. so hot sitting in here, eh? Well, you're sitting in a fucking iron oven at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. radiates the heat it was that oh, hot was... in my car the other day that here i had a cd just a case sitting it wasn't even out it was in the glove box um but it had something sitting against it and just from the pressure of it sitting on there with the heat it actually bowed the bent the plastic wow it was that hot in my car 
Yeah, well, a couple of years ago, I took the um, thermal imaging camera from the fire brigade into my car, left it in the sun deliberately for 10 minutes only on a scorching hot day. And then I went in there with a thermal imaging camera and it showed like 85 degrees, I think it was. Sitting in my vehicle outside the Thames fire station here on a beautiful day, it's about 28, 29 degrees outside. But just how hot can it get inside a car? This is going to blow your mind. Have a look at this. I'm using a thermal imaging camera, which we use to find hot spots. Look at the temperature inside my vehicle today. 83 degrees, 85. There you go. Look, incredibly hot. So let that serve as a message not to leave children or animals in your cars, especially on hot days like this. The best bits. Into episode 11 now. I witnessed a jogger getting hit by a ute, even though the jogger knew that he was in the wrong. So I was actually out doing some deliveries. Uh, in the city centre of Christchurch last week, and I witnessed a jogger get hit by a ute. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, man, honestly. But here's the story is that the jogger was okay, but it was completely the jogger's fault. Now, I'm going to try and draw as best a picture I can of this situation. We're on a one-way street in the middle of the city, so you can imagine it's a lot of cars around. One-way street, and there's three lanes. I'm at the front, right on the crossing, and there's a car and a ute either side of me. We've got a red light. I look over to my left and there's a, a really big guy jogging. And I noticed him because I was like, good on you, man. I think it's quite good to see the, the bigger people out there making an effort to get fitter. Yeah. And so I was thinking, good on you, dude. And I was like, right, the other lights are now changing to red. Ours are going to go green any second. And like, this dude is still running. He hasn't stopped. But what he's done is he's run out into the crossing and the car on my left, he's cleared that. He's run in front of me, and I've got a truck. He's put his hand up, acknowledging that our lights have just gone green, and he knows he's in the wrong, and he's crossed the road too late. And he passes me, and the ute to my right didn't see him past my truck. Yeah. So when he ran in front of the ute next to me, the ute clipped him. Ooh. He just about cleared the ute, but the ute clipped him. But this guy just kept jogging. He just kept going as if, you know, yeah, I know I did wrong. I'm just going to keep going. I don't want to bother you. <laughs> you know, because he acknowledged that he'd run in front of us on a green light. The ute didn't see him, hit him. But the thing is, though, the ute driver must have been thinking, holy crap. I mean, is this guy okay? Because I noticed that. Going. Didn't, didn't stop yeah. No, he didn't. He just kept running because he, he'd obviously acknowledged that he'd made a mistake and crossed in front of us when we had a green. So he didn't obviously didn't want to. He obviously was just sending a non-verbal message to that driver that I'm okay, don't worry, keep going. But the thing is, though, this ute driver must have had the shits put up him because the next street that we came up to, he turned off into as if to, yeah. and I figured, he, I bet you he was going to go around the block and either check on the jogger or give him a piece of his mind. Yeah, yeah. Because that would have scared the shit out of me if that had happened. I probably wouldn't have had a go at the guy. I would have been more concerned about how he is because he got hit by my car. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Cars usually uh, don't stop and they're quite heavy. Yeah, and this <laughs> this was a, like one of those big, bulky Ford Rangers too. And this guy was, you know, he was like a feather hitting it, you know, like real, yeah. just knocked him almost over. But because he just yeah. clipped him on the corner, this guy managed to just keep running. But I thought that, that dude's going to have a bruised hip, man, the way he was hit. Yeah, yeah. Crap. That's another lesson for the week, people. Yeah, Make exactly. Sure know what the light is and when you're jogging, especially if you've got your headphones in, always pay attention. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope the driver of the ute was okay because it's not a fun thing. And I also hope the jogger was okay and it hasn't put him off because, you know, he was out there doing it. 
Yeah, you know, mad respect to him. The best bits. Everyone's got a spew story, right? Well, here's a story I shared about the time I spewed on a famous New Zealand TV show set. The Sports Cafe was a great program too. I enjoyed that. That was um, that was one of those sort of New Zealand legendary programs. Eh? It was at a place called Leftfield. And when I was up in Auckland, um, I went up there for a conference because I was selling computers at the time for a company called Warehouse Stationery. And Gateway Computers, when they were in business, the big Gateway bosses took me and all my fellow computer sales folk from around the country out on the piss in Auckland. And we ended up at Leftfield where that show was filmed. And I'd had a skinful, and I remember going, <laughs> and I remember because the show wasn't happening at the time. It, they'd filmed it, and it was done, so you could actually hang out and have a few beers on the stage, and you could actually stand behind the, you know, the setting, you know, where they sit on the desk. You could actually stand behind the desk and have your beer. And I was so pissed. I spewed behind there, um, probably, <laughs> probably right where Mark Ellis stood, or, or Lana Cocroft sat. One of the two. And I was like, holy crap, you know how you feel really good after you've had a good spew? I came yeah. to again and I got up and I left, man. I got the fuck out of here. But um, <laughs> I feel sorry for whoever that And I might just point out this is like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't just recently. Um, but, yeah, that was sort of my claim to fame with that, that TV program as I spewed behind their desk. <laughs> um, anyway. I think it was Mark Ellis. He was the one that was always drunk on it, eh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he always had a skin for life. He yeah. was shocking. Oh, he was good, though, wasn't he? Uh, if you, yeah, yeah if he you, was funny. Go on to YouTube and Google uh, Sports Cafe, Lion Red Sports Cafe. You'll find some great clips. Bloody good times. <laughs> I miss a lot of those old programs, though, eh? You know, we had some great programs now that I, I wish they would resurrect. Yeah, I don't know if they'd get away with it now, though, eh? Like, the whole probably I should get in there. I'm not allowed to drink on set. It'd be bad advertising or whatever those. <laughs> Those boys didn't care back then. <laughs> no. no, what happened to the world, eh? We all got very yeah. PC, didn't we? Everything's too PC these days. Oh no! Oh, you can't do that. Oh my god! Yeah, you got to wear you got to wear a bloody mask for a cold nowadays, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the best bits. Oren and I have both got kids. I've got three daughters. Oren's got a son and a daughter. Now, my two older daughters had a friend called Zoe with them, and they decided to zoom. Orange kids and we thought let's let them take over for 10 minutes and the result was let's just say childish but brilliant actually talking of the kids should we let them take over the podcast for 10 minutes gives you and i a break and it'd be really really interesting to see what they talk about what do you reckon yep behind the scenes yeah <laughs> all right i'm just gonna go get them Small talk. i just got a cat today like a kitten really like a real yeah, yeah. what She's like eight weeks old, I think. Do you want to see her? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course I want to see a kitten. Why wouldn't I want to see a kitten? We tried to dye everyone's hair today. I got blue in my hair. Pink, and I tried to have green on purple, which doesn't work, just so you know. Kitten. What's its name? A storm. Its name is Storm. Did you change it? Oh, yeah, because I didn't like its original name. What was it? What yeah, you can change adopted pets' names. What was it? Um, um I've, I've forgotten. That's why I tried changed it, because I keep forgetting. She's mm. eight weeks old. Girl or boy? Girl. girl. She's my eight-week-old little girl. Is it your? 
Baby cat. No, Mostly yours. It's my your... birthday present. And <laughs> you got cat for your birthday. Well, I am turning a reason. When I turn 13, Dad says he's going to get me a pet. I'm, on, I'm just going to say, for a collie. <laughs> when I'm 13, I'm just going to wake up shouting, for a collie. Okay. And be like, Dad, where's my border collie? <laughs> I don't want to wear a mask at school. It's going to be, like, so hot. I yeah, know. We need to do it as well. Wait, do we have to wear them whilst we swim? No. no. <laughs> we might not even be swimming. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I might go take her back up. She's getting a little squirmy. <laughs> <laughs> squirmy. <laughs> my Hi, cutie. We are in the viewing position. Hmm? Gallery. Yay, much better. I can actually see myself. We can see ourselves. We're going camping soon. I'm going to take the cat? No. I'm going to fall off the bed soon. I just know it. Well, you're on a bed. Yes, we're on a bed. We're on a bad bed. I feel like this is the longest 10 minutes of my life. Feels like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't. Has it only been two minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like it's been twelve. Have you done any exciting things in the holidays? We went to surf. That's cool. I want to learn. Yeah, we, did, we went to Cook's Beach, and then we, my dad, taught us to surf because there were big waves because of the um, volcano eruptions and and the um, volcano eruption. And the swell. Yeah, and the swell. It was, like, massive. Some of them were so big, they were taller than me. Once I got, I caught this wave on my boogie board. It was so big. I almost, I, like, was caught a drowning. It went, like, tumble, tumble, tumble. And then my boogie board flipped up and snapped in half. Wow. Oh, once <laughs> so now I need to get a new one. Once I, I um, was boogie boarding. And there was this like wave that was double the size of me. And I, I went on that wave and then it wiped me out. So like the board went over top of me and I did like three front rolls in the water. <laughs> it was that yes. strong. Oh. Uh, not much oh. stuff has happened to me on my boogie boards. It's me as mm-hmm. me. Tell them what happened. Oh, you gashed it. Yeah. How? On um, New Year's Day, um, How? me and what? the family were supposed to go for a nice um, family bike. Then we went down the rail trail and then um, and then we went on the gravel and my bike isn't very good for gravel. And then my bike just skidded across the gravel and then I gashed my knee. Does anybody else know about the story when I fell off my bike? No. no. Gravel? <laughs> I feel like I do, but I don't remember. Yeah, you probably don't remember. So yeah. in lockdown, the first one, the really long one. I was doing my online ballet lesson. Yeah, and then, and then I went out for a yeah, bike. That was fun. Yeah, I went out for a bike ride. We went up the gravel cycle trail. You know that? Yeah. Up towards Kopu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know exactly where you mean because I have to go there every Thursday. Um, yeah. And then the I was going when we were racing back on our bikes. And then I must have just hit a really big stone. And then I went over the handlebars and landed on my face. I still have a scar, if anybody can see it. I don't think so. Do it again. I'm going to see how close I can get to see. No, I don't see it. Wait, you should. No, you should. Oh, no, I see it. I see it. 
Yeah, yeah I, I got a scar because once I was at a friend's house a couple Wait, of years it? ago, and he he pulled out. Uh, he was trying to get like a drink of water or something, and he pulled it, pulled the bottle out, and then another glass bottle fell and smashed. And I was the only one who can like conveniently. I was the only one who got uh, like a cut. And like went. Well, that's a big cut. And then it actually looked at it when it pulled back up. Yeah, and it gashed the top of my toe off, frankly. <laughs> so once I um, glass cut as well. Me was at gymnastics and I I was going for a scooter with my dad. And um I was I went around a sharp corner and mm-hmm. like my knee and my shin skidded across the ground. And like I've got a I've still got the scar, I think. Yeah, I it, it's pretty faint now, but it was like it was. Like, you might not be able to see it, but it's like right there, down there. Oh yeah, and it I went all the way down there as well. I went all the way down there, and it was there for weeks. What's your Fear? worst ever sickness? Um, probably when I got pneumonia. What that? Times. It's like, it's like were you your one of your lungs like healthy? Yeah, and I got it in both my like, lungs. Maybe he'll help. Never knew that. Okay, like, what's your um worst sickness? It it was when um I woke up in the morning, and my legs, my muscles had a disease inside of them in my legs, so I couldn't stand up at all. What is your worst ever sickness? Almost breaking my back. That's not a sickness. That's an injury. I know we're talking about injuries now. (laughs) Get away from the camera. Um, okay, so I'll tell you my worst year of sickness. Last year when we were just about to move out of our old house to come down here, um, like a week before that. Not last year, two years ago. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> when we were moving out of, um, when we were moving from Thames, when we were moving out of Thames, um, I had this, I woke up one night and I woke up and I had a sore tummy in the middle of my stomach and oh, no, no. it was go, it was going away and then it was coming back again. So I vomited. So like that night, I vomited every five minutes all night, and I stayed off school for a whole week vomiting. Oh my god! Did you I know. TV? Did you get to watch TV? Mm, kind of. <gasps> Holy cow! And my worst ever injury is the first time I sprained my ankle, which I had crutches for two weeks. Okay. My worst sickness is probably having chicken pox. And my like that's my sickness, and then my worst injury is my gosh, I'm running. Oh, and my dislocated elbow. I hardly ever get sick. I wasn't sick all last year. The worst Um, thing that could happen to you on a birthday, which happened on my dad's fortieth, I ate five bits of cake, and then I vomited out blue vomit. (laughs) (laughs) And the worst thing was. There were people sleeping in my room, so I had to be in the room right next to him. So when's your birthday? I'm holding on. Uh, practically two months. Oh, you forgot to send me a present. You don't have to get presents. Yes, I do. You just need to have a wish to happy birthday. You don't need presents. If you never had a birthday, you'd be one. You'd be zero. Yeah. Have you guys heard she's got a boyfriend? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> they like each other. Like, yeah, more I remember my dad. Was they got a present. He was talking to your mom about that, man. And then 
He said, just make sure they don't go kissing behind the bike shed. Remember, guys, this has been recorded and it's been going on a podcast. Yeah, but they're going to cut out bits. Will they? Or if they yeah, don't? they do. Did you fall? Oh. What? Did you fall? No, no, I didn't. Bye, bye. <laughs> I promise I did not. I didn't. Well, it's a mystery. Are you guys figuring out who farted? Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. I've got one more thing to ask. Wait, Chloe, when's your birthday? Uh, sixteenth of March. How? So is, it, is it an early birthday present? Yeah. So, very, very, yeah. very early. Why do we have anything else to talk about? Not really. My cat's really, really speedy. <laughs> very pouncy and climby too. Yeah. And eaty? No, not even anything like that. She doesn't eat that much. She doesn't drink that much, and she doesn't pee that much. Pee or poop that much. She <laughs> yeah. hasn't. She hasn't done either of that since we got her, and that was like hours ago. A couple hours ago. So you got her just today. Yeah. Do we have anything else to talk about? Or not really. Not? I think we're done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Potato. Okay, bye. 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 The best bits. Moving on now to episode 13, and I had a new radio show, but how did the first show turn into the worst show? And then this led Oren to remind me about the time I was over two hours late for a radio show many years ago. New radio show I was telling you about just at the start of the podcast then, so Lake FM is what it's called. It's a privately owned station, so it's not actually owned by any of the major corporates. Um, Yeah, so it's owned by a guy who's, who's been in the radio game for a long time himself. He is retired. But he just started up a radio station, and it was a while ago, so it's got a bit of a profile in the Taupo area. And uh, it's just a hobby for him, and he actually pays people to be on it too. So I do a bit of voice work, yeah, I do a bit of voice work and production for him, which is paid for separately, which is bloody awesome. And then being the uh, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. host Monday to Friday, is also a paid gig as well. Uh, it's not. Yeah. It's not something to you can live off, really. It's just a bit of side. Yeah. It's a side hustle, if you like. It doesn't yeah. take a lot of work to actually do. So you know, I, I actually smashed out tomorrow's show just before we did our podcast. <clears throat> so oh, it, yeah. it doesn't take long. I mean, there is half an hour's worth of prep and probably ten minutes to record it all. Yeah. Grand scheme of things, not too bad. At least it's on the radio, keeps the cobwebs off. I mean, this podcast has been good for that, but now I'm back on yeah. the radio and I can actually say I am a radio announcer again. And my personalized <laughs> number plate on my car is now relevant again as well. Because, <laughs> yeah. because uh, yeah, my number plate uh, basically is a personalized plate for being a radio announcer. So, yeah, it's, it's relevant again, which is awesome. Telling yeah. you about the fuck up, though, like my first show, Monday the 21st, which is today, didn't work out so well. So officially tomorrow is like my first show when it should have been my second. What happened was is that the software that I've got on my computer to be able to see the station's music playlist and where I can actually do my talk pieces, it wouldn't allow me to use it. It just froze and I couldn't do anything. So I got partially through the 3 o'clock p.m. hour and it decided not to work anymore so I couldn't finish the show. Um, what happened there? Did you have to just had to forfeit it? Nothing so I could it was do. just blank rate, blank ear time or something. Oh, no, no, I just played music without an announcer. Yeah, it's not a major as long as the music's still playing, I suppose. But um, yep. yeah, yeah. So tomorrow, the 22nd of the second 22, will be my first official day. <laughs> 
Did you get the uh, software sorted, did you? Well, yeah, I, I tinkered with it and found a loophole in it, if you like, a different way of doing it, and um, it worked. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah, but the thing is, though, because it's screwed up so much, because this is what I do, because because I, I work full-time, I have to record this show the night before it goes to air, right? Yeah. So on Sunday evening, because it's stuffed up and I couldn't record any more past the 3 o'clock hour, I just I spent all night on Sunday night into Monday morning, what well, it felt like all night, having nightmares about this radio station going off air and and the, sh- and the show not being right because I, I like to call myself a perfectionist when it comes to that kind of stuff and I hate leaving things half done. This is the OCD thing again that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And all I could dream about was radio stations going off air and me looking like a complete pillock and, oh, mate, I had a sleepless as fuck night last night. It was horrible. I remember you telling me a story similar to this. Didn't you have an issue with a, one of the first shows you did as a younger host on a radio station somewhere else? Like, was it Invercargill or Rotorua well, or something? Yeah, it was Invercargill. Would you like me to tell you? <laughs> Again. Um, light enough, mate. So it wasn't one of the first shows I had. This was the second radio station I've ever worked on. And I must have been about six months into the job, if that. And I had a Saturday morning shift. Now, here's the thing. On the Friday night... Me and some of my radio mates wanted, and flatmates, we all wanted to go to town. And I thought, okay, I'll just have a couple because I'm working in the morning. Um, famous last words. So what I did is <laughs> before the night started, I drove my car into town and parked it at the back of the radio station in the staff car park. So I thought, well, sweet, I can just go sleep at the station tonight. Um, once we're all finished up and then my car's there for when I finish my radio show and I can go home again. Anyway, what happened was is that we had a big night. My car was still at the radio station. I actually ended up getting a taxi share home and I didn't hear my alarm clock go off at five o'clock. That's that five o'clock in the morning on the Saturday. That's probably because I got to bed about 3.30 that Saturday morning. I probably shouldn't have gone to bed. But anyway, missed my alarm. And then I wake up again at 8.30 that morning, two and a half hours after my show should have started. And I switch on the radio and it's dead. Like there is nothing on air. And what I'd realized was, oh shit, what it's done is it stopped at the six o'clock weather waiting for a live announcer to come and give the weather uh, forecast. And because there was no one there to press the button, it just didn't do anything else. <laughs> so this radio station in Invercargill has been off air for two and a half hours, longer by the time I had to ring a taxi to come and pick me up and then take me there. It was an absolute shambles. So it was just short of three hours by the time I got back on air. As soon as I uh, got in there, I pressed the button, which started playing the music. But what I had to do before that, though, was delete out almost three hours of music so that the system could catch up to where it should be. So that took about five minutes. And then once I did, I just pressed play and just got a song going. And when I checked the answer machine in the studio, because the studio phones had a built-in answer machine where listeners could call in and out of hours and just leave messages, and it was full of messages from people saying, yeah, I've been tuning in this morning and can't hear anything. Anyway, once I got on air for the first time, I only had like an hour to go of my show. And once I got on air, I said, oh, sorry, yeah, I had an issue with the satellite on the roof <laughs> of the building. <laughs> Uh, so we've had the technicians frantically trying to fix it. We uh, apologise profusely anyway. I thought you were going to come into the radio station and pretty much push the button and go, and that's my show, folks. I'll yeah. see you next weekend. Have a great, <laughs> have a great day. Um, mm. 
Anyway, yeah, so my boss sat me down on Monday, which is odd because my boss at the time got an automatic phone call from a computer that said, your radio station is off air. And he didn't do anything about it. (laughs) And he just let it go. Uh, Ultimately, it's more my fault, but also he's the one on call and should fix any problems if there are any, and he didn't step up to that. Anyway, can't blame him. Uh, It was my fault for going out and (laughs) not waking up. Anyway, sits me down on the Monday when I go in for work uh, because my proper show was the afternoon show at the time. And he just said, don't do it again. And I was like, oh, my God, I thought he was going to fire me because that is just such a bad thing to happen on a commercial radio station two and a half hours off air just because I was too piss crook to wake up in time. Was he out on the booze with you? No, no, he wasn't. He's, he, he was a much older gentleman, so he, was, he oh, lived, okay. yeah. Yeah, he lived, he lived <laughs> a bit further out of town. But, oh, man, honestly, that I've never done anything as silly as that again. Yeah. I certainly learned my lesson. Yeah, it takes a hard knock to learn your lessons sometimes. Oh, I? <laughs> mate, I was just so lucky not to lose my job. You know, I, I could have, I could have started my radio career in two thousand four and ended it in two thousand five. You know? <laughs> anyway, that's the story. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> the best bits. Still with episode thirteen, and how my wife faced some good karma gone wrong. Good karma is meant to be. A positive thing. Yeah. Some good karma came to her the wrong way recently. She went to Mobile to put some fuel in her car. When she got out to fuel up the car, she noticed a pair of someone's reading glasses on the forecourt. So once she filled up the car and then went inside to pay, she handed in the reading glasses. You know, good deed. Someone's missing them. Yeah. Hopefully they, they go back and they're there for them. She felt good about that. So when she got back in the car, she felt something drop out of her pocket and she thought, well, oh, that's probably just dropped inside the door. I'll get it later. When she's driving off the forecourt, she's thinking, I wonder if that actually did fall down next to my seat or if it fell out of the door before I shut it. Anyway, she had to go, because it was a one-way system where she exited the forecourt, she had to go all the way around and then back again. And then when she went back to where she parked her car, there was her FPOS card sitting right on the forecourt. So she'd almost lost her FPOS card because she did such a good deed finding someone else's property. (laughs) And I thought that's a glitch in the matrix. That's good karma gone yeah. wrong, right? That is. That is. That's right. I had a little thing like that. Today, we did a, um, a school trip with the kids. My wife, who's the deputy principal of the school, rang me first thing this morning when she got to school and said, can you spare the morning? Come for a bushwalk with us. I was like, oh, all right. So went out for a bushwalk. We just finished way up the top of this mountain where we went up to this lookout and we're walking back down. And I just noticed down in the grass, there was someone's bracelet, a nice little bracelet. And I thought, oh, it's bound to be one of the kids. And I picked it up. I was walking down the track and I thought, and I looked at it and I went, oh, no, someone probably dropped it up here. And I didn't really think, and I hung it on a tree yeah, half, halfway down the track. And I walked down a little bit further and we were all stopped at this little area. And this one girl there was talking on the teachers and I heard her say something, oh, I lost my bracelet. And I was like, damn it. And I went over and saw her and I said, it was a rainbow colored bracelet. And she said, yeah, yeah. And I said, ah, I know where it is. So I had to walk all the way back up the hill. <laughs> it's like, same sort of thing. Good deed gone wrong. I just hung it in the yeah. tree and then, damn it, I realized it was one of the kids. But so you managed to find all it. All the way back down. I found it hanging in the tree again. Yep. Nice. Oh, that's good. Well, at least you remembered which tree you put it in. So I got a bit of extra exercise. <laughs> that's a bonus. The best bits. Started discussing ice cream trucks, and the tune that they play is quite iconic, isn't it? But we shared what we thought the ice cream trucks tune should be. Ice cream trucks been doing the rounds around my streets. Like I haven't heard an ice cream truck in years, and suddenly there's one that goes around us twice in a row. Has it got the cool Mr. Whippy tune going? 
Yeah, I, I think it's uh, someone goes do 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 do. Every New Zealander knows that sound. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite cool actually hearing them around uh, the area. But that's it. I haven't heard an ice cream truck in a long time. And here's the thing, you know the old um the old saying from parents was like, Oh yeah, kids if, if he's playing the music, he's run out of ice cream. <laughs> well, Ashlyn, my oldest, eleven years old, has actually wised up to that now and it, that joke doesn't work anymore because she said to me, Well, Dad, why is he still driving around if he hasn't got anything to sell? And I thought, Oh shit. <laughs> Outsmarted you. She got me on that one. We didn't end up getting ice cream anyway because, well, my wife controls the finances for one. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah. it was, yeah. I've ice cream trucks. Like, today for ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they do Pop Goes the Weasel. I've heard that tune. And there's another one. There's um, one that drives around at Cook's Beach, eh? And I can't remember the tune, but it is not a normal ice cream truck tune. It's almost like. It's almost like dance music. Yeah, it's like you can hear it coming from a mile away. Oh yeah, I wonder if it's like um LMFAO party rock or um, <laughs> I don't know, but it's Gangnam like, style. Uh, some weird <laughs> What's another one? It's like heard another goes um Come and get your fucking ice cream, get your fucking ice cream. <laughs> the best bits. Episode 14 included a special guest. His name is Hamish Denton. While you may not know the name, you may know him as the voice of TVNZ, Radio Hauraki and the Spates TV ads. And he joined us and shared a day in his life as a voiceover. And how he was a movie double for Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson. This is a good chat. We also had him do the voice for the podcast too, so we'll share that with you soon too. Well, Hamish Denton is a name well known around radio circles, but if you don't know the name, you may know the voice. Now, he's the voice of Radio Hauraki, TVNZ 1 and 2, that spates ads on TV as well. Plus a lot more. I suppose that would be the voiceover trifecta, Hamish, wouldn't it? Yeah, pretty happy with that. Uh, when I got the spates <laughs> one, being from a farm in, uh, in South Canterbury, I thought that, you know, I've, I've hit the peak. I'm wrapped with that. I, 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 can, give, I can give up now. Yeah, stellar, mate. I mean, anything else notable you've done that we might have missed? I'm, I'm sure it was My Kitchen Rules New Zealand is another thing you've actually featured on, eh? Yeah, I did two two seasons of that. Um, I introduce, uh, have you been paying attention at the moment? Oh, right. Um, yeah. The voice of the star of that, which is ridiculous, over the top, sort of game show yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, did quite a few for Book of Batch. I got quite a bit of shit about people just, we couldn't escape me. Every time they went on YouTube, it was bloody Booker Batch, this oh, and that. I know so the I ads. On, yeah. Yeah, they annoyed the crap out of everyone, apparently. So, uh, <laughs> well, almost I mean, most... as much as the chicken ad. What's that? Oh. Was it almost as much as the chicken ad? Fuck me. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the um, over lockdown? There was an ad on there for bookme.co.nz and the chicken was me. <laughs> was it you? That was my claim to fame, the book me chicken. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, so that's literally the one line on my CV compared to your 20, Hamish. <laughs> You've done all right, Andy. You're an award-winning, uh, award-winning voiceover artist. So. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, the awards yeah. did fuck all for me, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you actually do have a bit of experience on the TV, you know, actually being on the TV uh, as a presenter, but you've also done some stuff in the movies as well overseas. Uh, is it true that you were a double for Harrison Ford? 
Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's quite a fun. Yeah, I don't really tell many people about that. I'm sort of not really <laughs> sure where you got that from, but <laughs> um, yeah, when I was in Toronto, I lived there for five years. Ended up doing some crazy things. Um, yeah, I doubled uh, on a, a Russian submarine movie. Uh, I was on there for six weeks. They they recreated this full submarine in this warehouse. It's pretty cool with full size torpedoes. And um, I doubled for Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson in that same movie. Um, <laughs> it was kind of weird because I being double for Liam Neeson, like he had to kind of okay, he's very fussy about who doubled for him. And, he, and I kind of I had to I met him and and I had to do almost do like a little twirl in front of him to for him to okay me. <laughs> I felt it was quite like I felt like this this was must be what a uh, female feels like when you know walking past a construction site or something. It was really <laughs> odd to be um ogled by uh by Liam Neeson, but I wore his full, you know, his um officer's uniform and I played his legs and uh played it played his back and my hand turned the uh the keys uh, to to launch the sub the the torpedoes that was Harrison Ford's hand that I was playing and could, he, uh, could he not be bothered stuff. doing it himself or something? No, no, because they're two bigger stars. Anything that doesn't show the, their face, they don't do. They stay in their caravan. So anything like side you know side to the back of the head, um, legs, arms, hands. So I was Wait, doing all that for both those guys. <laughs> Yeah, oh, bizarre, well, it's, it's very ironic then how Liam Neeson found someone with a particular set of skills that was able to <laughs> <laughs> particular set of skills. Talking about, you know, with your, your voiceover for TV, et cetera, et cetera, a typical day in your life. I mean, do you voice for TV NZ1 and 2 from where you're sitting now or do you actually have to go to Auckland and do all that? Yeah, so it's coming up uh, in June this year would have been 10 years. Um which is a bloody long time. When I first got it, couldn't believe it. It was actually, a, it's quite weird, but when I was 15, um, I said when I was 15 uh, that I wanted to be the voice of TV2, um, which is pretty random at 15 and very, very niche. And then yeah. how many years later, 30, whatever, 40 years later, um, you know, I just I got the opportunity to, to audition for it. Um, but yeah, so for the first um, four, maybe five years, I would drive to Auckland mm. every Tuesday and Thursday, go yep. up there and voice for maybe half an hour to an hour, hop in the car and drive back. Mm. I did that twice a week for five years. People in the building just thought, you've driven from Tauranga to be here to do this. <laughs> yeah, Because I want to do this. This is what yeah. I've always wanted to do. And I, Absolutely. And money, I barely broke even money-wise, but I didn't care about that. I was doing my dream job from yep. when I was a yep. teenager. And then and it improved over time then because it was just TV2 for a start. Then they changed the channels to TVNZ1 and 2. And then so they spread the voices over two channels, which meant we got more money. Um, and then I went down, uh, ended up meeting uh, my partner in Auckland. So I had somewhere to stay for the following five years. <laughs> um, so I'd shoot up there and only drive it once, stay. Uh, move, they moved me to Thursday, Friday, sorry. So I'd go up Wednesday night, go in Thursday morning, um, stay Thursday, go on Friday morning. So I do every Thursday, Friday morning, and I've done that for uh, for the past five years. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, but it's been it's been awesome. Absolutely loved it. A podcast full of stories. A couple of best mates just shooting the shit with listeners from the USA to Uruguay, from Norway to New Zealand. One's in his garage, the other in his walk-in wardrobe. It's R&B and Andy G, and this is Tradio.
Good on you, mate. Tradio. The best bits. Sticking with episode 14, how I stuffed up a job application for a very desired job. Just before New Year's, actually, I applied to be a customs officer at Christchurch Airport. And uh, I thought, you know, it'd be something quite good to do. And, and honestly, it pays pretty good money as well. So I thought, well, this is pretty sweet. So, yeah, 28th December was the day that I applied for it. And then as soon as I sent the application through their official um, customs website, I got a confirmation email through saying, you know, we've received your application, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, sweet. So I filed it away in my job applications folder, which I've set up in my email. And actually just last week, and over the last few, you know, few months as well, I've been like, these guys have, and it shut on January the 17th, I'll, um, I'll add. So I, January the 17th, I should have heard something, right? <clears throat> anyway, yeah. I didn't hear anything. So I was like, I'll just, I'll let it fly. Cause obviously they've had a lot of applications. They say it's quite a popular thing and, and, and they will get back to me anyway. So February rolls around and still haven't heard anything. And then I sort of forget about it for a bit. And then we get into March like, do you know what? I never heard anything about that customs job. And it's like March now. It's been, you know, just over two months since I applied for it. And um, my wife, Dana, she said to me, well, have a look back through your emails and see if there was anything you missed. Because I've got this really bad habit of seeing an email come in, skimming it, not taking notice of what it says and filing it. Yeah. And what had actually happened after I got the confirmation email that I'd sent my application into customs, Three minutes later, on the 28th of December, they sent me an email with a link to an online assessment that I have to do in order to get through, <laughs> to, the, in order to get through to the next round. <clears throat> so this was just a couple of days ago when I checked my emails and I saw this thing. And what I'd done is I'd obviously um, mistaken it for the confirmation email as well and just filed it straight away. Yeah. So I didn't do the online assessment, which came through three minutes after I applied for the job, which meant that I was completely ineligible to even... Go for it. Yeah, yeah. They had no hope in hell of getting it. No hope in hell. So what I did is I actually emailed them just in case they were like, well, this dude's a fucking dickhead for not getting yeah. in touch with us and following through with his assessment. And I just emailed them and said, look, I am so sorry. I've just realized that this is what I did and I explained the situation. And I did say to them, look, I realize now that I've missed out, but can you please add me to any mailing lists so that when a job comes up again, I can reapply. Anyway, they came back to me and said, yep, absolutely, that's fine. We, we're so sorry that you missed it. Um, you know, they, they felt bad for me. And they actually did say in their email that I've got a really good work history and they would encourage me to reapply next time. Sweet. So, yeah, so I was, I was gutted because I, I really, really wanted that. You know, I thought that would be quite a neat gig being a customs officer because you get to work at the ports, you, know, yeah. you get to work at the airport and all this. And um. Yeah, it didn't come to fruition because I decided to file the email away without reading it. They had the important assessment on it. Case to read these things, eh? Oh, mate, honestly, it's terrible. And actually, my wife has my password for my email now, so she sometimes logs in just to check that I haven't missed anything important, you know, Um, (laughs) which is good. So it's nice to have a secretary, uh, to be fair. Yep. um, Checking up on you. Yeah, you know, a secretary that knows where the cleaning stuff is in the Mm -hmm. supermarket. Um, but anyway, just I just I just think back and I'm like, imagine if that actually I've I've never done that for um someone who sent me a script, you know, because I I'm a voiceover yeah. as well on the side, and I thought, well, if I miss a massive voiceover job, that's potentially thousands of dollars down the gurgler. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's potentially gone to someone else. They might not send you another one if you don't reply. 
no exactly so i was like well i've never missed a voiceover gig why the hell did i stuff up and miss this one the best bits my wife was at the supermarket and she was asked a very sexist question by a stranger dana my wife uh, she's at the supermarket at the moment actually and uh the kids are just playing in the background hopefully you won't hear them too loud but um <laughs> She's at the supermarket just getting a few bits and pieces. And she was telling me last time she went to the supermarket, she came back and she told me this this story that really for her only clicked a couple of minutes after it happened. And when she was at the supermarket, this guy walked up to her and said, you look like you know where the cleaning stuff is. Can you, can you tell me where to find the cloths? Are you, and and she was like, oh, yeah, I've just been there actually to get dishwasher pads, uh, dishwasher pods. <laughs> And she said, yeah, it was just like aisle, aisle nine or something. And then when she, when she toddled off, when the guy went it was on his own way and she toddled off to another aisle, she, she was just like, he fully just came up to me and said that I look like I know where the cleaning stuff is. <laughs> like, how do you take that? That's so sexist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You'd have to have some balls to say that, though, wouldn't you? Walk up to a woman in the supermarket and go, you look like you know where the cleaning products are. Yeah. Walk up to a real hot one and say, you look like you probably know where the condoms are kept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or walk up to another woman and say, oh, you look like you're on your period. Where are the pads? <laughs> Tradio. The best bits. And to episode 15 of Tradio, I found out by mistake how to get half-priced McDonald's. Some would say that's a bonus, right? Went out last week with my fire crew and we went and did the breathing apparatus training building, which is like a an indoor maze, which is just a series of tunnels and um, obstacles. And we had to wear our breathing gear and all of our firefighting kit. Uh, well, they that smoke No, they don't actually. They're some... Some um, fire stations that have that kind of setup do sort of heat the room up to about 60, 70 degrees. Um, yeah. But this one here was just a standard normal temperature, but it's pretty hot in the suit. But um, yeah. it was good fun. I got through it. And um, something I learned is that we, because we were all in our uniforms once we'd finished and we traveled back in the van together, we stopped off at McDonald's <laughs> and... And I hardly have McDonald's, mate, but I found out that when we all went in there, because we were all wearing fire and emergency uniform, we got half price on McDonald's. Is that a common thing? Apparently. I ordered, what was it, a Boss Burger combo. And, oh, no, it was just a Boss Burger and fries, all right? And I got $14 ready to pay. And she's like, oh, that's $7, thank you. I'm like, did you get that order right? Because it's certainly not seven dollars what I ordered. She goes, no, 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 you get half price. It's like, oh, yeah, sweet. <laughs> so that's all that's right. It's a dangerous secret. It is a dangerous secret. Get addicted to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see, I'm lucky that where I live there is not a McDonald's. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, we just have to manage with homemade burgers if we want uh, something like that. Talking about where you where you live, I tried to Google Map you the other day because Erin knows where you live. She's been she there, knows. so we're like on Google Maps looking at where you live, and we're like, ooh, I think that's their house. It's quite funny, yeah. You're looking down on the map. Yeah. Oh, okay. You think you did? I think so. <laughs> well, you yeah. have to f- find out when you come down next, whenever yeah, that I'll may be. If, I'll, I'll see if we had it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting actually doing that. Hey, I Google Earthed my old house in Thames, and it's been updated since we left, but. What I mean by that is that when we were there, it still had the previous owner's cars in the driveway, but now it's mine and my wife's cars in the driveway Aye. of the old house. So it's always quite cool to sort of Google map old properties and places you lived, eh? So you can sort of yeah, see you how see much all it's kinds changed. of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah.
you can Google um, like funny things caught on Google Maps because obviously it's pretty obvious when the Google truck's driving around with the big camera on the roof and you see yeah. people doing various gestures and yeah. mooning on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever looked it up on, you, on YouTube? It's like the top 10 funny things caught on Google Earth, you know, like when the truck went on Google Maps when it's been driving mm. around. People that have like known it's been going past, so they go and dress up a whole bunch and stand on the side of the road, all dressed up in costumes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's quite funny, actually. Yeah, it's like it, that's the thing though. They had time to go and dress up in costumes. Did they like have the costumes ready and waiting for whenever the Google car came, or did they get some kind of heads up? I have no idea. They must, yeah, they must have got a heads up saying it was going to be coming around there soon. And- well, I don't know. Maybe it was on a community page or so, a Facebook page or something yeah. because I don't. I can't expect Google to be like, hey, our camera car is going to be in your town at this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, get out, drop your drawers and do yeah. and I. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you give us the middle finger when you go past. <laughs> the best bits. We found a funny meme on the internet and we thought, well, we'd bring it to life. This is more from episode 15. And basically it was a picture uh, and it, all it said was, Soldier Boy wasn't even a soldier. Dr. Dre wasn't even a real doctor. Keep it going. So it encouraged people to <laughs> think of musicians and artists yeah. and actually compete, you know, it's on a similar kind of vein. And I'm going to read out a heap of them to you because this is bloody good. Well, Prince wasn't a real prince. It, prince wasn't <laughs> a real prince. Exactly. Uh, white stripes. They're not even white stripes. The bare naked ladies weren't ladies or naked. <laughs> <laughs> The pet shop boys didn't own a pet shop. (laughs) (laughs) The Beatles were not insects. (laughs) Eminem ain't even candy. (laughs) (laughs) One direction went different directions. (laughs) Drake is not even a duck. (laughs) That's a good one. The Backstreet Boys didn't live in the back street. Snoop Dogg ain't even a dog. <laughs> and the last one is um, Adele isn't even a computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's brilliant. laughs> yeah. You can keep going, eh? There's just oh, so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Yeah. Oh, what could you, what else you say? Oasis weren't even an island in the middle of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Blur. You could still see them pretty clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Shit you find on the internet, eh? The best bits. The best of Tradio episode 15. It's Andy here. Oren asked me for a behind-the-scenes look at firefighting, and I shared a couple of unknown facts. Had a fire call out uh, last week. In fact, it's been quiet, but those are always the famous last words. You know, we, we say... And the fire brigade, oh, it's been quiet, and within an hour the siren will go up. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, ran out for a um, for a fire call last week, and for the first time ever, I ran out the front door when the siren was going up, and there was just this chorus of dogs howling. <laughs> it was yeah. it was actually the most incredible sound because, like, obviously we know what dogs sound like when they howl, but when there's a big chorus of them emulating yeah, yeah. the siren it was just like this 3d experience when i went outside <laughs> i didn't think there were that many dogs around me the wolf pack yeah <laughs> it was i mean i know dogs howl at sirens i've heard the story before but geez when yeah. i went outside honestly I, I couldn't tell you how many dogs were howling 
Yeah, they get you know? going, eh? A big chorus of them. Yeah, well, that's I mean, the siren sets them off, and then obviously they hear each other, so that just makes them even, you know, more excited. Oh, oh, I can hear Brian. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's Rover over there. G'day, Rover. <laughs> Oi, can you hear me as well? Yeah. Hi, <laughs> hi, hi. <laughs> Why does it go? Dave, Dave, Dave. <laughs> But, you yeah, know, it was the coolest sound, eh? Honestly, it was one of those moments where you sort of wish you were recording it or, yeah, yeah. you know, where you see something, yeah. you're like, damn it, why wasn't I filming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our old dog, Ash, she never used to bark at her, eh? But we used to look after a friend's dog around the corner here and um, he was a big Newfoundland cross, great big thing. And he was as dopey as a plank, eh? <laughs> and the minute that siren would go up, Ash would just stay lying on the floor and old Usky, he'd stick his head up and go, Roo! in the middle of the house. <laughs> and if the kids were in bed, it'd scare the shit out of everybody. But it's so funny, though. Like, what is going through a dog's head that makes it want to howl at that? Yeah. You know, what's I know, it going? Going, Oh, that's my mate down the road. Yeah. yeah. There's that strange noise again. Oh, it's cool, man. It's such an awesome sound, though, especially just running out last week and hearing that. Even our neighbours, our neighbours have got a newish dog. They've had him for about, I don't know, probably eight months now. Even he yeah. goes off, eh? And sometimes you, I don't know what it is. Dogs seem to have some kind of sixth sense because uh, one day I did hear him howling, and literally a second later the siren went up. Unless oh, yeah. he, unless he heard it winding up before I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you heard it. Yeah, pretty good hearing. Yeah, it's pretty how, impressive. How far away? How far away from the fire station are you? I'm closer than I was in Thames. Oh yeah. 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 So I can literally be there at, uh, within about sixty seconds. That's if I'm doing 120 k's an hour up the road. <laughs> no, no, it does literally takes me about maybe seventy to eighty seconds if the road's clear. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty good. A lot yeah. closer than I was in Thames. So it used to take me about four minutes to get to the station in Thames. Yeah. Yeah, which was always well, at frustrating. Least you, at least you might get a few more call-outs down there, eh? Like, get on the wow. truck a bit more. Well, this is it. I, I definitely do now, because I mentioned this in another podcast, but my chief seconded me to a different watch, because yeah. our brigade split into watches, blue, red, and green. I was in blue watch, I'm now in green watch, because they were really short on drivers, um, because one of them went away for a six-month leave period for work, Yeah, and they're really short on drivers, so... Now I get, I basically am the driver now alongside another fellow called Dale. Um, but yep. Dale's very busy with his line of work, so he's not always there. So, yeah, I get a lot of rides, but always in the <laughs> front seat. And it's quite yep. funny, though. Eh? Like, I, I can't complain in the slightest because I've always wanted to get my driving qualification, my emergency response driving. Yep. But yet, yet sometimes if you've been driving too much, you sometimes forget what you need to do when you're in the back seat. Yeah, yeah. You just leap in the front and put your foot down. Yeah, man. And that, that's the thing, eh? Like, who else would like to drive a 10-plus ton truck full of water <coughs> at high speeds? When you jump in the truck, say, like, because engines don't like, especially diesels don't like running revving when they're cold. So when you get to the get, the station, do you jump and turn the truck on no. before you jump in your gear? So what happens or- is, is there's, um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but the trucks are actually plugged in. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so there's actually a socket at the back of the cab, which is consistently plugged in, uh, which actually keeps the engine warm when it's not running. Oh, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's quite cool. Yeah, so I don't know the whole mechanics of it, but my understanding is that there's an element in there that keeps the oil warm. 
And right. when you start up the truck, it's pretty much ready to go and it's at temperature. Yeah. Um, so obviously the best, the, the thing is though, when we get into the trucks and drive off, just make sure you've actually unplugged it first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few things to think about, right? When you run to the truck, you've got to unplug that. You've got to, uh, in one of our trucks, you've got to flick on the isolation switch because you've got to turn it off when you're finished with the truck. And you've got yeah. to make sure all of the, uh, all the lockers are shut. Otherwise, you're driving down the road and shit's falling out the truck, which is not a good look, and it has happened. Not to me. Yeah. I might <laughs> add. Um, and then, yeah, you, you know, you've got all that to think about um, uh, before, when, you, when you drive out. So, yeah. Don't go off prematurely, eh? Don't jump in the truck and take off down the road and then go, shit, I forgot all the other firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> They're all behind me going, oh, no, Wait up, wait for me. Sorry, I got this, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, no. So yeah, the, the trucks uh, are plugged in, so they they kept warm, so you're not actually cold starting them. Yeah, I always wondered that, eh? Because you see them, they jump in and boom, straight out of the fire station. Yeah, that's it. And uh, they've also got uh, a majority of them. I'd say ninety nine percent of trucks now have a exhaust extractor hooked onto them as well, yeah. which is a uh, it's a little cup basically connected to a massive tube, which is like a vacuum. And you just you suction it on to the end of the uh, exhaust, so it, yeah. it actually stays there. And you know when you start the truck, it switches on, and then yeah. you can actually drive out of the station with it still attached, so that you're not actually um, spewing carbon monoxide into the station when you've actually got the truck idling waiting for the crew. So you can actually yeah. turn it on while you're while you're indoors, and this thing extracts it. But then when you get when you drive the truck to the door of the station, there's a switch up above that disconnects it from the truck. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it's quite a good yeah. system. Yeah, yeah, thought of everything, eh? Yeah, mate, yeah. I mean, ask me a question about firefighting, I'll stand here and lecture you for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're passionate about it, mate. That's good. Oh, thing. yeah, I love it, mate. It's it's still it's still my favourite thing. Um, yeah. At least you're doing some good with it too. Yeah, I know, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, it's a lot really of, awesome. there's a lot of people out there that don't do you know, much good for their communities and stuff, but being volunteer firefighter is a pretty good one. So Yeah, well I know Tim's are recruiting Oren, so if you fancy it, mate. Mm. If you can if you can fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The only thing eh, when you're trying to run your own business, you never know where you're gonna be, what you're doing and No, that's it exactly. Eh? It's it's really hard. Yeah. It's something to commit to only if you can find the time for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no And I'll take my hat off to anyone who does commit to it. You know, it's it's a bloody uh it's a big commitment, especially it's a big commitment for businesses to let their employees go all the time, you know. Because the other day, yeah. I remember in town here the other day, that fire siren must have gone four times mm. in one day. So you think that's a lot of, you know, a lot of downtime for staff leaving the shop. And yeah, there's a some some of the firefighters and teams actually, um, their employers are really good and let them go every time. Um, there's some that say, look, if you're busy with a customer, don't leave them in the lurch halfway through. Yeah. But what they do, Just though, wait some there of them... a minute, I'll be back in about two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but some of the some of the customers, uh, sorry, some of the businesses do say to their employees, like if you disappear for like two hours, then we'll ask that you make that up, say on a Saturday or something, or yeah, stay a bit late when you finish or when you're meant to finish. But yeah, I mean, there's always a compromise. A lot of employers are just um, stoked to have a volunteer in their crew because yeah. the uh, because the employers do get recognition as well from fire and emergency, so they are given a bit of a uh, recognition all the time. So they 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 are they they're, they're pointed out as employers of 
volunteer firefighters, which is, you know, for them a good accolade, I suppose. Makes them look like, you know, they've they're doing yeah, their bit. They're doing their doing their bit. Yeah, well that's it. So it's a big thing for an employer to let one of their staff run out when they're still on the clock, you know. But I guess <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the employer's contribution is they're still paying someone while they're out there in their community doing things for people that are in a time of need, you know. So Yeah. The best bits. Tradio episode 16. Well, my wife and I decided to give the kids a yes day recently, and while it was a lot of fun, it had a slightly embarrassing result. We had a yes day for the kids on Sunday just gone. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, but obviously there were lots of rules in place, so they couldn't, you know, say, oh, can we go get a puppy next week or anything like that? We couldn't make any future promises. But we had a really good day. We ended up having uh, ice cream. Um, was it Goody Gumdrops ice cream and pancakes for breakfast? Um, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it was pretty good, actually. Uh, we played some games and we had a lot of fun. It was really neat. And then the kids wanted to go to the local mall and spend some money. So we gave them a budget and we took them to the mall. But the thing is, the kids had to choose what my wife and I were going to wear to the mall. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically... Um, they they chose us some very tame clothing, which I thought well, that's was, good. Yeah, which I thought was pretty sweet. But then they said, "Dad, we want to do your hair." Oh shit! <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so anyway, out came this huge pink hair extension on the end of a clip. It was like a, a, a hair extension that was stuck to a special clip. Yeah. And um and basically they clipped that in, and they did a whole other things with my hair. And I was like, oh, you know what? I look like an absolute dickhead. <laughs> And what I said to them at the end of the day was, I, before we went out, I actually bottled it. And I said, look, can I, do you mind if I take this out? I'll give you half an hour of, uh, of free time on your devices. It's like, okay, cool. So I took this hair extension out because I, I just, I don't know. I felt like a complete idiot and I just, I bottled it. As you I, would. Yeah. I said to them, look, next time we do a yes day, we'll definitely, I'll definitely do it, right? Because I didn't feel like doing it. Anyway, we went to the mall and did our thing. And we came home and they're like, Dad, you didn't take many of your hair clips out. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually ended up going to the mall looking like an idiot anyway. Um, <laughs> I left them in. Oh, no. The best bits. Still with episode 16, how a traffic light windscreen washer literally got a taste of his own medicine. And you know those windscreen washers that, that hang around the traffic lights, wait for the light to go red, and they come and squirt water and a mixture of bloody um, washing up liquid on your yeah. windscreen and try and clean it for you? Well, there was this, this fellow, and it, luckily he didn't come to my car because I, I hate, I don't like them. I can't stand them. And um, I know they're, they're trying to make a dollar, right? But it's just like, you, yeah. yeah, you can do that other ways. Apparently that shit destroys your bloody car, your paint on your car anyway. But anyway, this dude, I was watching him at the traffic lights and I was sitting there going, don't come over here, don't come over here. And he didn't, luckily. But I was watching him. He was standing at the base of one particular traffic light. And this was on a really busy intersection in Christchurch. And he picks up another bottle next to the traffic light, so the base of the traffic light, which matched the one that he was using to wash car windscreens with. And he took a sip out of it. And that was obviously his drink bottle. I thought, okay, cool. So he just kept doing his thing. The lights went red again, and he washed some people's windscreens, and he still had this other bottle in his hand. And once that traffic light went green, he went back to the island in the middle of the lane to wait for the light to change again. He took another sip of his drink, but he took the wrong bottle. (laughs) 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 I just watched him take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) He must have taken a mouthful of bloody washing up liquid and water. Oh, gross. (laughs) And I thought, oh, that's so good. 
I reckon the best way to get them eh, is when they, they I've done it before, eh? They come up and they sort of they give you they sort of gesture to you like, do you want your window washed? Yeah. And you just go, man, turn on your squirters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm washing my own window, thanks, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, uh, I don't I don't often carry cash anyway, and it's like you almost feel like obligated to pay them. I mean, if you don't pay them, what are they going to do? They're going to scratch your car, smash your window. You just don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're always quite shady characters, so you just don't, yeah. just don't like interacting with them, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just nightmarish. I, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> the Best Bits. The Tradio Best Of, Episode 16, How I Turned Up to a Fire Call-Out with an Unusual Hairstyle that I Forgot I Had. My hair, I'm growing my hair. It's not, I'm not going to call it long. It's probably about maybe four or five inches long at the top now. And I was sitting watching TV and my wife stood up behind me on the couch and uh, she started braiding my hair. <laughs> and it was just, she was just bored. She was passing, saw my hair. I'm going to braid that. There's no way I'm keeping braids at all because my hairline does not suit that. Uh, the point I'm making is she braided my hair and actually chucked a couple of the girls' hair clips in it as well. Nice, colorful, glittery hair clips just to hold the braid. <laughs> Anyway, I forgot that it was there, and suddenly the fire siren goes up, and I'm off to a fire call. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get to the station, and a couple of the fellas that I'm there with getting changed, they go, oh, who's this pretty girl we haven't met before? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they'd spotted my braided hair and my hair clips in, which I'd totally forgotten were there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Might have thought you and your missus had some kinky game going on at the yeah, time, maybe. Eh? <laughs> but I was just like, well, you know, this is what happens when you live in a house full of girls, mate. When you're completely outnumbered, you have no choice but to let them do what they like with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. They might have thought you were trying to be like a hipster or something, eh? Coming <laughs> yeah. Up. Yeah, check out my hair, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is how I roll. <laughs> but it's just so funny, though. Like, Eric, you honestly, when the, when the fire siren goes up, you just sort of drop what you're doing and... All you're focused on is getting to the station. I didn't think for a second about my hair. And like yeah. the rear view mirror in my car as well is just set low enough so I can just see the sort of my eyebrows and below. So I didn't even see my hair in the rear view mirror. So there was no chance of me <laughs> catching it. <laughs> yeah. Radio. The best bits. It is the Tradio best bits. It's exciting as we hit episode 18. My new managerial role was underway, and on day one, I managed to crack my forehead into a low-hanging object. Now the uh, the manager of the pack shed at the farm that I'm working on, for fair, it's good. I mean, it's come with a pay rise, and I quite enjoy it. It's it's not bad work. Uh, yeah. But I'll say the worst part of it actually was smacking my head on a low low roller door. Yeah. Um, so the roller door was down to my forehead, and because I had my cap on, the peak was covering my view of the bottom of the roller door. So <laughs> I absolutely like smacked it. I don't know if you can see. I've got a, there's a little mark there. Oh, I can see head. the mark there. Little <laughs> mark on my head. And look, I bought some brand new sunglasses um, about two weeks ago. And it's put. And you scratched them. Yeah, I put these bloody. Oh, gutted. Bloody gash in the may. So I'm going to have to chuck them now. There's no good bastard things. Because <laughs> they were Jeez, sitting, the way, they were, you they were I, sitting you on the I, peak. Have got that kind of luck. Like you buy a new phone, like we both did. We both fucking dropped it and broke them. <laughs> and yeah, I'm the same with sunglasses. I buy a new pair of sunglasses and I have to be so freaking careful with them. Eh? Otherwise, they just end up scratched and buggered yeah. in no time. 
tried my hardest to look after these sunnies, mate, but I didn't expect to be uh, walking into a low-hanging roller door anytime soon uh, <laughs> because the sunglasses are actually sitting up here on the peak of my hat. And uh, well, yeah. they took the brunt of the hit, which is probably, uh, they probably actually saved my forehead from getting any more hurt. But anyway, it <laughs> was the worst yeah. of it. The best bits. Still with Tradio episode 18, best of. I'm very, very fortunate to still have my grandparents. And uh, my nan and gramps uh, just moved into a care home. They've been living in their house for well over 50 years. When my mum and my auntie were cleaning out the house, they found an item from 1896. My mum's just got back from a month over in the UK. She's been uh, helping get my grandparents into a rest home over there. Hi. And, um, yeah, because they live in Wales, and, you know, that's where my mum's from, obviously. And she's been back there helping her sister, who's been doing the Lord's work, trying to, you know, get my grandparents sorted. And my grandparents have lived in their house for, crikey, 60, 70 years in the same house. And yeah, so my my mum set up a Facebook group, uh, rather a a messenger group where she just sent us updates and photos of things they found when they were cleaning out the house. And (laughs) they spent a lot of time in the attic because you can imagine there's a lot of stuff that accumulates in an attic when you've been living in a house for 70 years. And, you know, they found all sorts of amazing stuff, but they found the deed to the house from 1896. Holy moly. Yeah, and my mum sent me a photo of this deed, and it's probably what we would call an A3 piece of paper these days, but it is like the tiniest, tiniest handwritten piece of paper. The whole A3 sheet has been handwritten in this old English text. Yeah. And it's from 1896. Um, Absolutely unbelievable. And I said that what they should do actually is frame it and stick it up in one of uh, probably my auntie's house or something. You know, that's, that's worth keeping. Yeah, get it laminated or something so it doesn't deteriorate anymore or yeah. something. I mean, I don't even know what it was written on. Um, you know, how good was paper all that time ago? Probably not as good as it is today. back then, weren't they? Yeah, it would have been parchment. <laughs> you know, would it, have been, it may have been written with a quill. You never know, right? The best bits. Oren and I decided to discuss everyday items that should have alternative names. There's one I did miss out saw a guy blowing leaves today and I thought you know what a leaf blower a great name for that would be a problem relocator did you uh, find any any, like alternative names for things remember how we ended the last episode talking about that we'd find some alternative names for everyday objects anyway I'll leave you with this thought for the day mate it's a missed opportunity that we say toilet paper and not crapkins (laughs) (laughs) That could be something for the next episode, I think, is to come up with new names for things or things that deserve a better name. That'd be a good one. Have you, like even the animal ones? Have you seen the animal ones? Like, you know, they call an ibis in Australia a bin chicken. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. And uh, what's a, a snake? They call it a nope rope. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm talking about. Let's, yeah. let's, I'll we put, that, do in, that. I'll put yeah, that in my yeah. notes for the next episode. I reckon we can have some fun with that one. I found lots of them. <laughs> Yeah, I got a wee. I got a few of them together as well. I think it's worth sharing. Did you get the? Uh, I found a whole bunch of them on uh, animals all over the all over the world. That's, oh, did you? That's a, I, had, I had. Oh, I was in I was in stitches just reading them to them myself. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, have you seen Have you seen the one that's a that's a, a kangaroo? 
Oh, I haven't. No. No, it's a picture of a kangaroo, and they call it a velociraptor. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I, I found one as well for a killer whale, uh, panda fish. <laughs> what about a skunk, a fart squirrel? <laughs> fart squirrel. <laughs> what about a um, like a, a porcupine over in the states? They call them an arrow pig. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. Bark around a tree and call it tree skin. Um, <laughs> bread is raw toast. <laughs> Tissue is sneeze paper. <laughs> I like this one. Gloves, finger pants. Finger pants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, milk, cereal water. <laughs> <laughs> Water, snowman blood, <laughs> and a volcano, a mountain fountain. <laughs> uh, have you seen those? There's a, a film in here that's a, it's a picture of a manatee, and the alternative name for it is a floaty potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they kind of are, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's a picture of a mole here, a young mole, with no, yep. no fur on it. A tunneling ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor mole. There's a picture of a rhinoceros, and it calls it, called it a leather tank. <laughs> here's an alligator, an American murder log. <laughs> <laughs> a bloody uh, an ostrich. There's a pantless thunder goose. <laughs> Is another one for a um, hedgehog, the stab rabbit. <laughs> the best bits. Still with Tradio episode 18, a passerby threw something shitty into my roadside rubbish bin. So is it morally right? Question for you. We, yeah. put, we put our rubbish bin out like everyone else does weekly. And our bin got emptied last week. And yeah. it, was, it was on the side of the road for at least, you know, another half a day before we brought it in. Anyway, my wife went to pull the bin in, and inside the bin, because she opened it to make sure it was emptied properly, as soon as she opened it, she looked in there, and someone had thrown a bag of dog shit in there. Now, is that is that a fucking rude thing to do, chucking your dog shit in someone's bin as you're walking down the road, or is it is fair game? Is it a rubbish game? bin or a recycling bin? Well, it's the, it's the rubbish bin, but is it fair game, do you think? Uh, if it's a rubbish bin, maybe... It's not a if public it's a, rubbish if bin. If it's a recycling bin, then no. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously. But, I mean, it's our personal rubbish bin. It's not for anyone else's dog shit. It's not for the public to throw their general crap into. True, I, true. I just wonder, is there, is there a line you draw or is there nothing wrong with someone doing that? Because <coughs> at least, you know, they didn't leave their dog shit on the side of the road or on the pathway. They bagged it and binned it, but they threw it in our fucking bin and wasn't happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Because it actually well, stinks. Well, they didn't light it on fire and stick it on your doorstep. That's the yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> it, it might, uh, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. But the thing is, is uh, she mentioned when she opened the bin the next time, it absolutely stank of dog shit. So I don't think she uh, really liked that. Oh to be yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. It's probably not a good idea. Right? It's like have the decency to put it in your own rubbish bin would be a good idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. This is the thing. Like I can see it from both sides. Yes, it's a bin. It's for rubbish, but. If someone's taking their dog for a walk and it has a shit, keep the shit until you get back to your own house. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a rude one. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm still a bit torn over it, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why I worry well, about it. I mean, it's a, the cat, well, we've you know you know we've got a new cat in our house now, eh? Yeah, the little cat. Yeah, and it's a lovely little thing, but it's decided that every morning when I go out to have breakfast, for some reason, it decides to go to its kitty litter box and take the biggest shit you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> and it stinks the entire house out. So. I'm trying to have my breakfast early in the morning and the cat is like grinning at me like it just stunk the whole house out. You know? <laughs> How's your breakfast, dickhead? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it likes me too much, eh? The best bits. Yep, it's the best bits and we're into episode 19 now, which was the most recent episode and my 11-year-old daughter tells a very funny COVID story. My 12-year-old daughter, Ashlyn, is uh, fighting COVID at the moment, and she's got this fantastic story about a uh, experience at the supermarket when it comes to COVID. My friend's mum's friend, who's got a friend, she had COVID, and she went to the supermarket with COVID. My friend's mum called the supermarket and said that there was someone in your shop with COVID and then they went over the speakers and said come here if you have COVID-19 to the front desk and 12 people went up to the front counter with (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19 The best bits Why was the lead singer of a famous New Zealand band a bit of a dick to me? You sent me through our little prep sheet. Each mm. each week, Andy sends me through a little prep sheet for our tradio thing. And on here, he's got a thing about the guy from The Feelers. And I thought to myself, holy shit, he looks old. Oh, I thought exactly the same thing. I haven't seen him in so long. I was like, far out. What happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> James Reed from The Feelers really, really has aged, doesn't he? Not well either. <laughs> no. As you say on the prep sheet, I've written down, I've got a bit of a story to share about um James Reid of the Feelers Band. Uh, great band, by the way. The music's fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah awesome music. Yeah, really good. Um, well, he was on Seven Sharp, which is a current affairs program on TVNZ1 the other night, as you said. And it just reminded me of the time he was a complete dick to me. <laughs> Personally, a dick to me. And he embarrassed yeah. me in front of about 10,000 people. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, you obviously know that I've got a bit of a history in radio. And well, back in 2007, when I was living in Invercargill, right at the bottom of the South Island of New Zealand, uh, there was a big concert on. This was in 2007, and the concert was called the Summer Hummer. And it had bands like Goodnight Nurse and The Feelers were like the headlining band as well. I can't remember the other bands that were part of it. Um, But anyway, so... In between each band, it was my job to go in there and warm up the crowd, get the crowd going, and then introduce the band on and really get them hyped up for the music. And I was in my element. I'm backstage at a concert. This is brilliant. And it's my job to get out there and get the crowd going. So anyway, what I did then is it was time for the feelers to come on. I remember standing backstage, and all I could see was James Reid staggering towards the stage, acting like he was Liam Gallagher. That's that's the, <laughs> You know, he's, he's got that sort of strut going on, you know. Yeah, and I just thought, okay, that's cool. He's he's a rock and roll star. He's got the old strut, but apparently he was pretty damn hammered as well, and you could kind of see it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, at the time I was like, this is the Feelers. They're a great band. I did a documentary on these guys when I was studying radio back in um, whatever year it was, and it was you know it was a good documentary that actually got played on radio in New Zealand. So I had a lot of time for the Feelers. 
anyway, so I get on stage and I uh, get the crowd going and say, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the feelers? And the crowd goes nuts. And I said, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, make a lot of noise for James Reed and Hamish and um, all the other guys that were in the band. And then suddenly James comes onto the stage and takes the mic off me and he says, and Andy Lynch, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what had happened is when I introduced each member of the band onto the stage, what they hadn't told me was that they'd added another guitarist. And so I didn't have this guy's name written in front of me. So basically James Reed was straight on his microphone and said, and Andy Lynch, you fucking dick. And this is in front of 10,000 people. (laughs) Now, Andy Lynch is a very well-known musician as well. He has been with the band Zed, you know, Renegade Fighter, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, Andy Lynch is a great musician in his own right. Uh, He's a session musician as well. That's my understanding. But anyway, great muso. And he officially joined the Feelers in 2008. So this was the year after this concert that I was emceeing. And um, and so basically I hadn't received the memo that they'd got this dude in just for this show. Anyway, so yeah, like I say, James Reed jumped on stage in his pissed state and uh, really embarrassed me in front of 10,000 people. And I thought, you know what, you're a dick and I don't no longer... (laughs) No longer have much uh, much time for you, my friends. But you can see the years have yeah. not been very um very kind to the man. No, the only but, thing that's kept them going is the Corraglen Tavern, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing, the Corraglen Tavern. You've got to you've got to give them a nod, eh, for the amount of great talent they get through there. Yeah, you're not a Kiwi unless you've seen the Feelers play at the Corraglen Tavern. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and most other New Zealand bands as well. <laughs> I went there one night and I saw LMNOP. The feelers, and there was one more. There was one more, one of, not not quite as well known. Oh, it was Atlas. Oh yeah, remember them? Yeah, it was them as well. Yeah, three of them. It was actually a cool night, man. Oh, because that's funny. Because Andy Lynch, Andy Lynch, I was just telling you about who I wasn't briefed that he joined the feelers. Uh, Andy Lynch has been with Zed, but he's also been with Atlas as well. So. Small worlds. The New Zealand music scene is a very, very small world. I think at some point there's like two degrees of separation between everyone and the music scene. The best bits. And still with Tradio episode 19, this is the last bit now with your chance to win one of two beer coolers thanks to husky.co.nz. It's our first ever Tradio giveaway. It's a Tradio beer cooler giveaway. Oren and I both have a Husky. H-U-S-K-I. .co.nz, good friend of my brother's actually owns the company and an old schoolmate. And a husky is like a insulated um, beer holder, really. You put your beer bottle or your beer can into it and it keeps your beer up to 10 times colder. So you literally would never drink another warm beer again. And I bought you one for your birthday, Oren, many years yeah. ago yeah, because very good. my brother had very bought good. me one. But anyway, I sent so, you a photo actually the other night. Remember, you did. You did send me a photo. You having a beer, and I sent you a photo of it sitting perfectly with the, in the with the sun glistening off it. Yeah, it looked lovely. I couldn't reciprocate the photo though, unfortunately, because I didn't have my husky with me. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should just start carrying it with me, and just in case of surprise, husky. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, we've got two of these to give away to our listeners in Australia and New Zealand. Sorry to the rest of our uh, worldwide listeners, but this one's for Aussie and New Zealand uh, due to the fact we can only send these to those countries. But we have two of the Husky Beer Cooler 2.0s to give away. Keeping your beer up to 10 times colder, they're triple insulated, 
And we've got, they're worth 45 bucks each. Now, one is brushed stainless and one is black in color. So there'll be two winners. So how do you win one of these? All you have to do is grab the Tradio Husky keyword. And that keyword, Oren, is... Beer. (laughs) It took us so long to come up with that. So long. But the keyword is beer. Not bear as in rah, but bear as in gluk, 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 gluk. B-E-E-R. So visit our Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash Tradio Podcast. All right. Go and like our page. You have to like it uh, to be a part of this. And then fill out the quick entry form, which is on our pin post to enter. We just want some details so we know where we can send it. And you obviously have to put that keyword in as well. The thing is, uh, Oren Husky has got a range of products as well that would make great gifts too. There's wine coolers that actually fit over an entire bottle of wine. Yeah, I've seen those. They're quite neat. It's very clever. Good. Yeah. Uh, the wine tumbler, the beer cooler 2.0, which is what you can win one of uh, the two that we've got to give away. The short tumbler 2.0, three-in-one bottle opener. There's wine cooler totes accessories. You can even get an e-gift card as well. So if you want someone to purchase something from husky.co.nz, then you can sort of prepay. Then they've got something to spend. I love it. So husky, H-U-S-K-I.co.nz. We can speak from experience because we have one of our own and you could win your very own with Tradio. So get onto our Facebook page, as I said, facebook.com slash Tradio podcast for all the info and you can be a winner. I'm pretty excited to have a giveaway for the first time on the podcast, mate. Yeah. Interesting to see how it goes. Be inundated with people wanting it. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, if you want to uh, call us here on the podcast and you can figure out what the phone number is, then by all means do. <laughs> 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 Be nice, we'll wouldn't it? We'll take hey, a caller right now. Yeah, we'll take a caller right now. Caller 10 will win themselves a Husky 2.0. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, it's all good, man. So, yeah, Facebook page, get amongst, and all thanks to Simon at husky.co.nz. Seriously, go and spend a bit of time having a look around the website. There's some really, really cool stuff on there which you really want to purchase for yourself or buy for other people. It's a beer yep, drinker's they're paradise. They're a bloody good product. Yeah, it really is. So get amongst. Even if Thanks. you don't drink, you can keep your can of Coca-Cola cold. Well, that's it. Absolutely. It's not just to alcohol, is it? You can keep pretty much uh, any beverage in a 330ml bottle or can or a 750ml wine bottle, if you like, size. Keeps it cold. grape juice. I love that. Well, so. I want to keep your grape juice cold. Exactly. It's quite amazing how it works. Literally 10 times cooler. Keeps it cooler for longer as well because it's all triple insulated. So good luck. Get amongst. And you could be a winner. And uh, we'll probably give it till the end of June. And that's when we'll draw our winners of the uh, Beer Cooler 2.0. Thanks to Husky, H-U-S-K-I.co.nz. Lovely. The best bits. Oren and I will be back with you for the next episode here on Tradio on the 17th of June. Don't forget to go and register to win the Beer Coolers from Husky.co.nz. Thanks so much for joining us on Tradio. You are an absolute legend. And you know it. Ta-da for now. Facebook.com slash Tradio Podcast. Get all the episodes of Tradio on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tradio.